Welcome to another bonus short lecture from the History Teachers Talking Podcast, where Tom or I will lecture on big topics in little time. For more information, you can visit us at www.historyteacherstalkingpodcast.com or visit evergreenpodcast.com. We've all seen a modern police mugshot or at least the most recent one in the news, a first of its kind, a presidential mugshot. The history of the mugshot as we know it today dates back to mid-19th century, but its origins stretch way back into antiquity. In ancient times and through the Middle Ages, law enforcement relied on verbal descriptions provided by witnesses and victims to identify and track down criminals. These descriptions were often vague and unreliable, leading to difficulties in accurately identifying and apprehending suspects. Warrants were issued for individuals believed to have committed crimes based on the descriptions provided. In some societies, branding, mutilation, or physical punishments were used as a form of criminal identification. Criminals might be branded with a mark on their skin to indicate their status as lawbreakers. However, these methods were often cruel, harsh, and did not provide a reliable means of identification. Criminals sometimes bore tattoos, scars, or other distinctive marks that served as a form of identification. While these marks could help identify repeat offenders, they were not foolproof methods and relied heavily on the visual memory of law enforcement officials. During the 18th and 19th centuries, wanted posters and notices became common ways to communicate information about criminals and fugitives to the public. These posters included descriptions, sketches, and sometimes rewards for information leading to an arrest. These descriptions and illustrations of criminals started appearing in all public spaces. In the American Wild West, bounty hunters and law enforcement would post wanted, dead, or alive posters, offering rewards for the capture of notorious outlaws. These posters often featured rough sketches or descriptions of the individuals. The term wanted poster gained popularity during this period and it became a common way to solicit public assistance in apprehending criminals. In the late 19th century, some law enforcement agencies began compiling collections of drawings or photographs of known criminals, often referred to as rogues gallery. These collections were used as a visual reference to help officers identify and apprehend criminals. However, the accuracy of these descriptions could vary and they were not as standardized as modern mugshots. The earliest mugshot, or at least as we think of it today, was taken of a prisoner in Brussels, Belgium in 1843. About a decade later, the British police had hired a professional photographer and as early as the 1850s, American police departments began taking photographs of criminals, just like in Britain. These photographs were displayed in portraits for public viewing in rogue galleries. Some historians believe that these rogue galleries were very problematic. People were invited to look through galleries for mugshots in order to familiarize themselves with local criminals and possibly help identify offenders. But rather than practical aid to police, some scholars criticized the rogue galleries as merely a source of entertainment for bored wealthy citizens. This brings us to the modern mugshot. Alphonse Bertillon, a French police officer and a biometrics researcher, played a significant role in the development of early criminal identification techniques, including the creation of the mugshot. His work laid the foundation for modern methods of identifying and cataloging criminals. While Bertillon didn't specifically invent the concept of a mugshot, he contributed to its standardization and integration into the broader system of criminal identification. In the late 19th century, Alphonse Bertillon developed a system called anti 
anthropometry to systematically identify and classify criminals based on their physical measurements. This involved taking precise measurements of various parts of the body, such as the length of the head, forearm, and fingers. Bertillon believed that these measurements could provide a unique anthropometric signature for each individual, making identification more accurate and reliable. Bertillon realized that photographs could complement his anthropometric system by providing visual records of criminals' appearance. He advocated for the use of both measurements and photographs to create comprehensive criminal records that could be used for identification and future reference. While Bertillon's primary focus was on measurements, he recognized the importance of photographs in documenting physical features that measurements couldn't capture. He recommended taking both frontal and profile photographs of individuals. These photographs were meant to capture specific details of the face, ears, nose, and other distinguishing characteristics. One of Berlin's key contributions was standardizing the procedures for taking measurements and photographs. He introduced specific protocols for lighting, camera angles, and poses to ensure consistency in the images. This standardization improved the reliability of the identification process. While he didn't coin the term mugshot, his approach closely aligns with the concept. These photographs were an integral part of his system and played a significant role in the identification process. While his anthropometric methods eventually fell out of favor as fingerprinting gained prominence, the idea of using standardized photographs for criminal identification endured and evolved into the mugshot practices we recognize today. As for the term mugshot, mug is an English slang term for face, dating back to the 18th century. Mugshots can more loosely mean just any small picture of a face used for any reason. Over the years, there have been some really famous mugshots. Dictators, criminals, civil rights leaders, celebrities, or politicians. Some of the more famous dictator mugshots include a young-looking Vladimir Lenin who was arrested in St. Petersburg for his revolutionary activities in either 1895 or 1897. Then there's a 1911 mugshot of Joseph Stalin, shot after one of his many arrests. Joining the group was an Italian dictator, Benito Mussolini, who also as a young man fled Italy's military draft and went to Switzerland. He was arrested for this in 1903 and deported and hence we have his mugshot. When it comes to criminal mugshots, probably one of the most notorious ones is that of Al Capone. He was finally famously taken down on federal tax evasion charges in 1931 and had his mugshot taken in 1932. There's also the famous mugshot of Lee Harvey Oswald, which might have become the most famous image of him, were it not for the incredible photo of him being shot and killed by Jack Ruby a few days later. When it comes to the civil rights movement, perhaps there are no more famous mugshots than that of Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. and Rosa Parks. Of course, there's also the celebrity mugshots. It's a genre all into itself, notable for providing that rare opportunity to see the rich and beautiful brought down really low. Many known celebrities, such as Paris Hilton or Justice Bieber, have chosen to smile for the police camera like it was a paparazzi show. But a few have become legendary for their defiance and infamy. Probably the top of the list of celebrity mugshots is O.J. Simpson. When he was arrested in Los Angeles in 1994, his mugshot immediately became one of the most notorious in history, specifically because of the seriousness of the murder charges against him. Then there is the actor Nick Nolte's frazzled appearance in his 2002 mugshot, which became the butt of late-night jokes for years. But it also led to Nolte seeking help for his drug addiction. So in the grand scheme of things, it worked out. He was pulled over by police after driving wildly down a highway and arrested for drunk driving. Now, 
There's also a billionaire mugshot. When Microsoft founder Bill Gates was in his early 20s, he was pulled over in New Mexico for blowing through a stop sign. Police then discovered he wasn't carrying a driver's license and thus arrested him. If you see his mugshot, he definitely does not look too concerned, having a big smile. There's many questions surrounding the future of publicizing mugshots. The US legal system has long held that mugshots can have a negative effect on juries. The United States Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia Circuit held that the double shot picture with front and profile shots alongside each other is so familiar from wanted posters in the post office, motion pictures and television that the inference that a person involved has a criminal record or has at least been in trouble with the police is natural and perhaps automatic. According to the Handbook of Massachusetts Evidence, because of the risk of prejudice to the defendant inherent in the admission of photographs of this mugshot variety, judges and prosecutors are required to use reasonable means to avoid calling the jury's attention to the source of such photographs used to identify the defendant. Other states have similar rules. Illinois specifies that all mugshots and booking information should be redacted. San Francisco police announced they will no longer be releasing mugshots unless there was a public safety reason. Newsrooms, too, are beginning to no longer publish mugshots. Mugshot slideshows, whose primary purpose is to generate page views, will no longer appear on our website, said Mark Lordano, a managing director at the Houston Chronicle in 2020. Hope you guys enjoyed the short lecture. Tom and I will be back later this week with a full episode. I hope everyone enjoyed our podcast. And if you would like to email us, you can do so at historyteacherspodcast at gmail.com. History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy, and riddled with controversies big and small. On Conflicted, we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad, the fact from the fiction, and the monsters from the misunderstood. Was Genghis Khan a murderous butcher or a civic pioneer? Did the allied powers go too far? in firebombing the German city of Dresden at the twilight of World War II? And how did the Marquis de Sade acquire such a sinister reputation? And was any of it true? These are just a few of the tough questions we wrestle with and investigate on Conflicted. So if you love history or just enjoy a good story, please join me, your host, Zach Cornwell, for a fascinating new topic each and every month. Conflicted, a history podcast, is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon.